Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Power Half Hour Unstoppable Business Owner and I'm your host Dorothy O'Dell for this evening. You know, I hope everybody had an amazing Christmas. Uh, you know, every, everybody should be done their Christmas holidays and ramping up for the new year. So what are you looking forward to for the new year? We'd love to hear from you. I am super blessed and excited to bring to this stage Dr. Miriam Lorowski. I probably oh, screwed that up. Silver <laughs> uh, Blade Sigorski, but Miriam is more than fine. <laughs> Dr. Z is, I, is, is how she really goes by. So, you know, <laughs> I thought I'd try and massacre it the first time and see what happens. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Doctor. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> Absolutely. Our pleasure. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself, you know, your story and how you became a doctor. So I am a Latin girl. I am originally from Peru. I came to the U.S. just 11 years ago, uh, following the love of my life. <laughs> um, I went to medical school randomly uh, it was not my plan. I wanted to be a psychologist all my life. And my best friend was applying to medicine and she explained to me that it will be great if we go together. I will not be a psychologist, but I, a psychiatrist. I will use a white coat and I, I, I will be a doctor at the end. Uh, I thought that well, sounds good. The only part that it didn't match there is the fact that I used to faint with blood. So my parents <laughs> didn't want me to go to medical school. And when you say no to an adolescent, uh, believe me, uh, she will go for it. So that's exactly what I did. Uh, my friend quit medical school before starting and I became a doctor. So I am very grateful because uh, ended being a, a happy ending for me. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And then you met your husband and it was game over. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if it's game over, but at least it's the beginning of a, another cycle of my life, right? right. Uh, where I mean, coming have... to America is what I meant. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I absolutely love that. And so what is it um, that you specialize in right now? Uh I am. I have three specialties: internal medicine, geriatrics, and uh, obesity medicine, um, which for me are very well connected. It is almost impossible to get them separated. Uh, obesity is a pandemic here uh, in the U.S. and I live in many places. Um, so every patient that you are seeing uh, has the risk of chronic medical conditions that are related to that I related to obesity. So uh, I felt that it was appropriate. And geriatrics really is the love of my life <laughs> in some way. Um, my grandma had dementia when I was, when I was uh, young and, and I was actually in medical school. So uh, I feel like that's the reason why I selected to be a geriatrician and why I love this so much. And any noise that you heard before uh, is because of him. No, no, not a problem. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Bye-bye. Hi. 
<laughs> it's it's okay. It must be a doctor thing because my friend my my friend Dr. Christy, whenever we get on a show, her kids have to come up and and say hi, and I love it. I absolutely love it. This is real life. Like this is this is what happens. This is why I go live because it's anything can happen. <laughs> and and the beautiful thing about this, and I feel like this was very helpful during COVID, especially for uh, medical students and residents. Is that for first time they were seeing uh, an attending or someone in a leadership position in academia uh, being a human being. And we became vulnerable because we were trying to give a class <laughs> and, and, and having to deal with the kids running and, and you know, and the alarm of the house and, and, and the phone. And, and, and suddenly we were humans, exactly like them. And I, I feel that uh, that brought to the connection that we were building with our students and, and our, our residents uh, a new perspective that uh, in order to be successful in your life or in, in your career in this case, you don't need to remove the human part or the uh, the lack of perfections. We are not supposed to be perfect. Uh, right. We kids running around or a dog or a cat and, and that's okay. And we can still be great professionals um, and one thing doesn't contradict the other. Right, absolutely. I totally 100% agree. If nothing else, the pandemic has like leveled us all so that we're all on the same level playing field. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's made life much more interesting. I mean, the, the podcast would not have come off with, without that. So, uh, that's great. Um, and you know, and, and like you said, being able to, um, connect with people all around the world, so, which is absolutely amazing. Totally. Um, I, I feel that pandemia brought a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of pain. Uh, we lost so many people, but also we are seeing life in a different perspective. Um, and I believe that majority of us, we were able to also set priorities, identify what are our priorities, reframe our core values, um, and probably even to identify who are really our friends and who are not. <laughs> uh, many things were more clear. Uh, I always say that when, when people are so stressed, so tired, uh, they don't have time to fake. So it's the moment where you stop being politically correct and, and compassion fatigue uh, appears and you see the real colors of, of the individuals that are in front of you. And, and that was a very interesting social experiment for me to really identify who was who. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, before we got down, you, you were talking about a book. Did you actually, did you write the book or is that being written? So I wrote the book. Uh, is 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 really is complete right now. We are only in the phase of uh, start printing, <laughs> which awesome. is very exciting. Yes. Yeah, so I believe that um, around next week probably we will have the 
the process starting. Uh, so I feel like I'm having contractions right now. It's kind of a delivery in process. <laughs> right. uh, and by the end of January, I expect to have it in, in, in Amazon already and other platforms. So yes, almost, almost there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Congratulations. And you're right. It is totally a labor of love. When you, when somebody writes a book and, and gets it out there, that's exactly what it feels like is giving birth. Um, it's know, a baby. Birth it's it a baby. really is, is pregnancy in, in, yes, it's in, it's an act of love and, and it's painful in many levels and you get tired and you get excited and, um, and you need, like when you are pregnant or while you are going through an important process in your life, you need the love and the, the support of those that are around you. Uh, because there are days that are amazing and there are days where you are like, oh my gosh, what I am doing. And that's when you appreciate having people around you supporting your dream, right? This, this is a dream. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely love that. Um, so what would you say three things uh, would, what three things would you say that you'd had to overcome to get to where you're at in business right now? Um, I will say my fear to change will be number one. Uh, that's for sure. Um, the second will be dealing with uncertainty. Uh, I am a type A so I want to have control <laughs> of things. Um, so that's, and I, I will need to admit that the last one is um, learning to be vulnerable and, and accept that I, I need help from others. <laughs> so <laughs> three, right. three important things, three difficult things. <laughs> Well, absolutely. Um, and I, I can totally identify with that because it wasn't up until this year that I really started accepting the help from from different people. So I, I totally, totally understand that. And it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but um, it's necessary for us to continue to advance and to, um, you know, not get burnt out. So... And, and the truth is that it gets easier. What I learned uh, from the process is that as soon as you change the perspective and you understand that being vulnerable uh, or, or, or being non-perfect, uh, not having all the answers, uh, it's, it's not something wrong and it doesn't make you weaker. Uh, I, I feel like it's the opposite. When you are able to be self-aware and go in this introspective, you know, process of evaluating your gaps. Mm -hmm. uh, you demonstrate a lot of insight, right? You you must be a smart person. <laughs> uh, and, and then when you recognize the gap and you decide that you need to do something about that gap, that this needs to be solved, it takes a lot of strength to admit that you are not perfect. Uh, oh, it's painful for your ego, right? Mm -hmm. When you go and say that loud, imagine yeah. how much courage you are using to go to someone else yeah. 
and admitting, oh my gosh, I am not perfect. And then the last step is, I need help. Ooh. But again, if you change the perspective and you don't see it as something negative, but you see it as I mentioned, self-awareness, the ability of identifying gaps, the courage to recognize your gaps, and the strength to go and ask for help. What you're describing is a very high emotional, intelligent human being. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing to be ashamed of, absolutely the opposite. And absolutely. that's the first step for growing, right? That's the first step for progressing in life. If not, we will be exactly the same that yesterday and one year ago and 15 years ago and except for the fact that we, I would like to have the same wrinkles that I had when I was 20. Uh, beyond that, I hope I grew up and I am different. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, yes. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future, who knows? <laughs> Self-times, who knows what will happen? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And what three things would you say you help your clients overcome? So... In my case, I am not a, a counselor, but I, I function as a physician. And I, I believe that my practice is in some way very particular because I avoid seeing patients as, as livers or kidneys or bones. For me, they are human beings. So for me, number one is to feel that they can trust me. So for me, it's important for them to overcome any doubts or any fears about the relationship with the physician that is taking care of them. So this relationship of, of trust uh, that is fundamental for, for, you know, for achieving uh, common goals. The second for me is for them to understand that they have the power, not me. Mm -hmm. and that they are not victims of their diseases, that they have decisions, that if you have a condition that could be prevented, less work in preventing this to happen, that if you have something that could be treated or improved, it's in your hands. I am with you for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, but the rest of the month or the, or the six months or the three months, uh, you are the boss right of your body of your behavior so empowering uh is something that uh for me is very important removing the the victim um and the third part is to remove the idea that the body is the only thing that they are treating when they are with me i i try to make sure that they understand that the emotional social aspect of their lives is closely connected to their medical conditions and to the outcomes uh, that they will have. And, and I try to make this to be a, you know, a strong relationship between their, their soul, their heart and, and their body, their emotional heart <laughs> and the body. Right. I love that. I love that. You're right. Empowering people is so important, especially now. Um, nowadays, you know, um, just recently there was, another high profile um suicide and 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 things like that and people are feeling 
feeling the effects of this COVID and this pandemic and we're tired of not fully, um, you know, living into the life that we were used to. But one thing I've noticed, we have to, like you said, you talked about mindset or mind shift earlier, where we have to, we're not going to be normal ever again, what the normal was. And some of that was, is actually a good thing, you know? (laughs) Um, And a lot of people are wanting to transition careers and transition different things because they, they realize that, you know, we don't want to have to work uh, 80 hours just to support our family. Right. And, and so therefore, you know, all this excess and all this other stuff, we're slowly getting there. Like we're, we're slowly saying, okay, you know, we, we, we really have to change this. So empowering people to make those shifts and, um, you know, and mental illness, um, <laughs> like, uh, I, the stigma around that is, is still around and I don't understand why after the 20th century, um, you know, I, I still don't understand that. And I, a part of me is, uh, you know, well, for the last year we've been working with veterans and, you know, I, I've lost a family member due to suicide. So, so I get it. Well, thanks. I, I get that. So, I mean, like, I don't understand why there's still, the stigma around it. Like it should be, it should be taught in classrooms. It should be taught, um, you know, and letting our kids know that it's okay not to be okay. And just to have those moments to yourself, you know, dry your kid a bath, let them go sit and soak and, and let them play or do something. Um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, no. And and I want to clarify uh, that sadly these, levels of suicide, uh, depression, anxiety, burnout are, uh, COVID has been blamed for that. But sadly, the truth is that this is coming from before COVID. Mm-hmm. Today, maybe the numbers are a little higher. Uh, people, is, people are paying more attention. Uh, but the numbers are awful. And, and the numbers are awful from before. Uh, around 46,000 Americans die by suicide every year in this country. And this is just a little more than two years ago. The numbers are not, the gap is not so big. What is concerning is that when you go uh, in the group of of young kids, right, and you were mentioning it, and, 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 and this is the age of my kids, kids between six and 10 years, they have, around 500 of suicide per year. 500 of kids, the age of my kids, die by suicide yearly. It's impossible to believe. And and then you move to a privileged group, let's call it like that, physicians, my colleagues, and you have three to 400 suicides per year. So the healers, are not so healthy anymore with a percentage of depression that are around the 30% clinical depression, 30% extra of symptoms of depression and around 65% of burnout. So the healers right now and and nurses and other type of caregivers or professionals, right, uh, that provide service, including teachers and et cetera, these numbers 
probably are, are as bad as, as in physicians. So, so we are talking about a, a society that is sick. I don't think that right now uh, mental health illness is a problem of individuals. It's a society problem. I like to call it a public health crisis. That's, mm -hmm. that's the title that I selected <laughs> uh, for it. Uh, and, and the stigma is still there. Uh, we suddenly jump and you see all these concerns with someone that is well known but this is happening daily daily mm -hmm. if i am not wrong it's around 130 cases per per day if i'm not wrong uh this is scary it's a scary and it's a scary that i don't feel that there is enough uh attention to this problem except for the moments, right? The moment that right. start. Uh, right. But this is not, there is, again, this compassion fatigue. Uh, you care for an hour or for the day and, and, and then you continue in, in your own problems trying to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and this is perpetuating uh, this, this snowball, right, of, of, of crisis, which mm -hmm. is a, a real problem. And, and that's why... I decided to advocate and to reframe my my career and my personal life, trying to make sure that I, I have a message, uh, right? And I remind people this is happening and this should not be happening. This is not acceptable. I, I don't want to get used to it and I don't want people to get used to it. This is not normal. <laughs> this is not appropriate. This is not acceptable and we can do things. This should be preventable, which is more important. This is something that could be preventable, so we should not be seeing these numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. When uh, we were doing a telethon to raise awareness for veteran suicide and PTSD in October, um, it was it's 44 a day by suicide for veterans. And when my business partner looked at the stat, the new stat for everybody like civilians military every was 132 die by suicide per day and mm -hmm. i would like to know how many what's the percentage that either if they haven't mm -hmm. died that they were have been affected by it yes because in my lifetime alone i've had three personal direct people that i know of die by suicide it that's just from high school to 10 years ago Three, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yes, know? and and the damage, right? Because the the when you lose someone by suicide, uh, the literature says that from that person you will have 150 individuals affected for the death of one. Wow. Uh, for many reasons, uh, for personal reasons, because you are part of the family, because you work with that person, or, you know, in the case of a physician, because they were the patients. I had uh, a couple of patients changing uh, physicians. Uh, they came to my practice uh, because their physician died by suicide. Uh, they were they were so affected. I was personally very affected. I didn't know that physician, uh, but I was, I was, it was the first time that something like this was happening to me. 
um, when I was getting patient from someone that that died by suicide, and I remember that the patients uh, in the, they were two different patients in different situations uh, that I spoke with them. They were so affected by this. Is the person that I trust my life to, right? If, if a physician can be even part of your family in many cultures, right? They they really are are part of your life. Um, and it's gone. And, and I didn't know that something like this could happen to mm-hmm. a doctor. Um, so, um, and happens, happens to anyone. And, and I feel like it's important to say that, right? That this could happen to anyone. And I remember that kind of my wake up call happened during COVID when uh, the numbers of physicians dying by suicide start to be, you know, uh, documented. Uh, for first time, I'm seeing these numbers. And one of the doctors that died by suicide was a woman, uh, a mother of two kids, smaller than mine. And it broke my heart, but also terrified me because I asked myself, what What's the difference between her and, and, and myself? What, what is different? Why, why it could not be me? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have answers. I yeah. truly didn't have an answer. And that was very scary. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine. And you're right. You know, I, I also read somewhere that dentists have a high rate of suicide as well because no one likes to go to the dentist, right? So... I, I don't know if they take that on or, or what it, it's, uh, you know, no one wants to get their teeth drilled. Um, but I can remember when I lived in Chatham, Ontario, they had found a dentist in his vehicle. He had shot himself and um, did it in his vehicle so that his parent, family couldn't see him. And I was just like, or, you know, see him like that. And I was just like, wow, you know, uh, you're right. It's, 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 I think this is more of an epidemic than the pandemic, but you know, you, at first you couldn't get anybody to see past that. Now you're, now you're getting the after effects of it. And you're right. This wasn't, this isn't something new. This isn't brought on by the pandemic, but now it's escalated and it's gotten 10 times worse in my opinion um, because of it, because people are isolated. We're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be, um, you know, I, I was not able to spend my last Christmas with my dad before he passed away because of COVID. And and that affects, you know, if I allow it, uh, it can affect me sometimes. Uh, most times I'm pretty okay with it, but I mean, I sometimes have the attitude of shit happens and that's just the way life is. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that's how I get through life, but whether that be right or wrong, but um, you know, you're, you're right. It's, it's, we need to break the stigma and by having more people come on um, different shows and, and talk about it and say, listen, this is here. This is not going away. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I have, um, we had Roman Gabriel on the show on Monday, who um, is a retired NFL player, but is dedicated his life to helping teens because there is, he's telling us 300 teens a day die by um, fentanyl use or some kind of drug use in, in America. And so, and most of these kids, like they're great kids. And, and, but the only thing is it's this thing of um, 
you know, just try it, right? Just try it. Well, one, one of just trying it actually can kill you. Um, and, and, and so, you know, it's, it's affecting everybody. Like you said, our, our children is affecting adults is affecting our physicians. Um, so it's definitely something that we needs to be talked about. We need to talk about, we need to talk about without feeling ashamed. We need to talk about, uh, these, um, in our social circles and at work, we need to pay attention. We need to be present. Uh, there are a lot of good things that we can do without being psychiatrists or physicians or, or, or coaches, right? Uh, sometimes just being kind with people, something as simple as that. Uh, you can change the complete day and the mindset of a, a person when you find someone in the elevator and you just say hello and I love the color of your dress or you look beautiful or have a great day uh and and these little things that that again may look little they could really have a a solid impact in in the rest of the day that this person and and has a ripple effect because that person will pass that positive or negative uh, attitude to others and and even if you go to the science of being kind what you will see is that when you are kind with others not only that you are making something someone to feel good right but even it has a, a beneficiary beneficial effect for you because being kind will produce their certain neurohormones in your brain that simulate uh you know an antidepressive let's say and and will make you feel happy and 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 therefore uh, with more well-being so there's little things this will not change the the system don't take me wrong and this will not stop uh, uh cancer or or the level of of, of violence or abuse or uh, things will continue happening but mm. while things happen and while life is not perfect we can decide to at least have a positive impact in the life of those that surround us even if we don't yeah. know them and that's our decision and, and and we can do it as simple as that a smile could be life-changing <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, Dr. Z. Uh, where is the best place that people can get a hold of you so that they can so sign you up for their physician? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my website is www.3gcycle.live. Please. <laughs> Perfect. And I, they can find me as Dr. C on LinkedIn. And please feel free to send me a message, contact me. I, I would love to, to meet you. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for those of our guests that have joined us tonight. And thank you so much to Dr. Z for coming on and, and sharing your uh, blood, sweat, and tears with us here. <laughs> um, and it's truly a pleasure to get to know you and uh, definitely we will continue this talk because um, I will not rest until these numbers go down. <laughs> oh, I, I will join that fight with you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you so much for what you are doing because your message is a positive message. And every time that people is seeing you and seeing the people that you invite, uh, you are changing their life. So, so you have a positive impact doing what you are doing every day. Thank you so much for doing it. 
Our pleasure. And don't forget, folks, be unstoppable on all that you do and pray that you have an amazing new year. We'll see you in the new year and bye for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh.